Good morning again. Had Phil read from Psalm 9 just to set the tone of worshiping God. And we've been singing about that today. You've been singing about that today. And so thank you, uh, praise team as well, for leading us in thinking about our God. We started a series last week on the Lord's Prayer. Lord, the disciples came to Jesus. They said, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus gives us a simple framework in the Lord's Prayer that leads us to better praying. Last week, we asked a couple questions of ourselves. The first question was, um, if we could have that slide, <laughs> Mark. Questions about prayer. And, and what questions do you have about prayer? Several people shouted out questions about prayer. We're going to try and answer some of those uh, through our series. And what area of prayer would you like to become stronger in? Lord, teach us to pray. That is a prayer request that God is always happy to answer. Today I want to turn our attention to that second phrase. It's really the first request. Hallowed be your name. It's a request that God's name would be lifted up. Hallowed's an old-fashioned English word. It just means to be made holy. God doesn't need to be made holy. People need to be made holy. We're commanded to be holy, to be holy like our Father in heaven is holy. God is already holy. So this prayer request is not a prayer for God to be holy. He already is. But a request that his name would be revered, would be lifted up as holy wherever we are. Because God is set apart and he alone is holy. He's different than all of creation. Someone last week said they would like to become stronger and learning how to pray for other people. A lot of times we don't have problems praying for ourselves. Sometimes we do. But their request was that they would learn to pray intercessory, become in between, between other people and God, to come and pray for them. Well, that's an excellent prayer request. And I want you to know that better praying for others begins first by praying and worshiping your God to know him and understand his holiness. Hallowed be your name. When we think about God's greatness and his holiness, it kind of gets our attention off our self-centeredness, our selfishness. And when we think about God, when we think about Jesus Christ and his will, then our attention to others, our neighbors, is going to be drawn toward them more than just ourselves. Our aim in studying the Lord's Prayer is to learn how to pray better. And we can do that by listening to Jesus' instructions. And he gives us these instructions to help us pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So a quick review of last week, our Father in heaven. And then we're going to look at what it means to pray or to become, to lift up the name of God's name and make it holy. Our Father in heaven. Didn't mention this last week, but did you notice we pray in the plural? Our Father in heaven, not my Father in heaven. This prayer is really personal. When you pray it, this framework, 
You can make it personal, my Father in heaven. But Jesus teaches us to pray our Father in heaven because right away our focus is not just on our needs, it's on God's needs, but then others as well. It's together we're praying our Father in heaven. It's interesting that Jesus teaches us about prayer. The first thing he does, he makes it, we pray in mind of others when we address God. Our Father. We talked about that last week. That's one of God's chosen names. The Jews were afraid to mention God's holy names. Father is one of his chosen names. There's other great names for God. But it shows relationship. God wants us to know him as a father, as a good heavenly father. There's a closeness here. And there's a phrase in the scriptures, Abba, Father. Abba just meaning Daddy God, Papa. That intimate, close relationship. That's what God desires for us to be in relationship with him, to pray to him, to have that closeness. Jesus made the way for us to call God in heaven our Father. In Romans chapter 5, it says this. The Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, by belief, we've been, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we have confidence to come before the God of heaven, creator of all, not on our own righteousness, not on our own goodness, but based on the goodness, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. We can come boldly into his presence because he died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised again, proving he is Savior. We got to hear five testimonies today, young and old, declaring the truth about Jesus Christ. The change that he begins to make in our life. Accept your heavenly father's invitation to come into his presence through Christ and call him father. He gives you new life through Jesus Christ. There's another slide. I just wanted to focus on praying for God's glory. And I want you to notice the your petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Notice the first three petitions or requests or prayer requests all focus on God. May your name be hallowed, made holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Before we pray for ourselves, we take time to worship God. So we approach God by addressing him as Father, and then we acknowledge that God's name is set apart. God created me. He enjoys you. He made you. He designed you. But don't forget whose presence you're coming into. <laughs> He's God. He's holy. He's set apart. There's no one else like him. So we come reverently. And we give God honor when what we say we believe. I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in God. What we say and what we do mesh together. When our words and actions come together. 
One without the other is inadequate. I can preach all I want, but if my life doesn't show what I believe or what I preach, then it's hypocrisy, and God doesn't get honored. There's a commandment. It's the third one. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It has more to do than just with words. Yeah, we can throw God's name around very loosely, but it's more than just that. We carry his honor by our lives and what we do. If we say we believe he's God and holy, then my life needs to be turning toward him and following him. I can take the Lord's name in vain by not acting as I should. When I declare that I believe in him and trust in him, but don't act like it, that I'm a follower of his. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Names reveal who God is. That's a great study. I know the ladies' Bible study on Tuesdays this this past uh, semester term has been studying the names of God. They reveal who he is, his power, his wisdom, his justice, his mercy, his truthfulness. So every time you come across a name of God, stop and thank him for who he is. We were created to worship him, to enjoy him. And so much of what we do, though, as humans, does not lift God's name up, but it detracts from him. So the advice is to slow down and to bow down in awe of your God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You've never done that. Slow down. Think about what you're saying about him. Did you rush here today and not get ready to worship God? It's easy to do, isn't it? Did you enjoy the blossoming trees and bushes this week? It's great, isn't it? The leaves are starting to pop. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's hopeful, it's spring, the temperatures are rising. Did you notice them today in your drive here or walk here? And did you take a moment to say, My Father, Creator, you have an amazing eye for color. Worship Him. Did you ever go to the ocean? I know you do. We live in Philadelphia. We go down the shore, right? Stand at the ocean, just amazed at how vast it is. A few minutes ago, we were talking about how scary the unseen is in the ocean. Have you ever just stood there and been awed by how small you are and the restlessness of the waves and all the creatures small and great that are in the ocean and think, God, creator, you made me and you made this variety of things. You are so creative and wise. Think about the water system, the evaporation, it rains, we have food, we have trees, we have beautiful bushes, and then it comes back into the ocean. There's this beautiful cycle, and you designed it all. You are an awesome engineer. Have you ever taken time to worship God? Stop, slow down, and see what he's made, and say, hallowed, holy is your name, creator, God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Let your, the names of God, the things he's made, just send you down trails of wonder and amazement. And when you do that, when you praise him that way, you hollow his name. You lift him up. You worship him and give him the glory he deserves. Jesus teaches us to pray first for God's glory. And these re those requests, as we think about God, will focus our request to be better and sharper because they lead us to where we need to go. God's the solid ground we need. We are immersed in darkness. And we don't even know it sometimes until the Spirit of God opens our eyes. Listen to Psalm chapter, Psalm 10, just a few verses. I was thinking about worshiping God this week and how he's in charge of all the world. And then my mind was drawn, of course, to the headlines in the news about all the, not only our own nation and our own troubles politically, etc., but the world scene with Ukraine and Armenia, and it just goes on and on in the continent of Africa and the upheaval and unrest. Look at verse 16 of Psalm 10, or listen. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. Let me read it again. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. There's a song I used to sing as a kid, a folk song. This land is my land. This land is your land. But ultimately, it's God's land. He's in charge of the nations. We have our borders, and it's good to protect our borders and to have defenses and all those things. But understand whose world this is. The king whose it is forever. The nations come and go. They do. You've studied history. Maybe you slept through history, but you've studied history. The nations come and go. They flex their muscles. They become great. They shrink. But guess whose kingdom is always here? God's. The world seems dark, and God loves to have light and darkness as a contrast. Light means righteousness, justice, truth, compassion, eternal life, mercy. The ways of God and darkness represents unrighteousness, not right things. Injustice, not being fair. It re represents darkness, represents lies, represents selfishness. It represents indifference. It leads to eternal death, separation from God forever. And Jesus came to bring light. In John chapter 3, famous chapter in the scriptures, many people know John 3.16. It's posted everywhere. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But the verses right after that are just as important. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light, that is Jesus, has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. 
For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. God sent Jesus to deliver us. That light and darkness pictures, again repeated in Colossians chapter 1. Always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. For he rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all our sins. Light or darkness, I just ask you today, have you believed and received new life through faith in Christ? By believing, you have the right to enter the kingdom of God. So we need to immerse ourselves in God's light because the world is full of darkness. Where does hallowed be your name begin? How does that happen? How does God's name get lifted up as being revered and respected? It starts in your heart, our hearts, our souls. The mind instructs the heart, so we need accurate and true knowledge of who God is. So we need to study the scriptures, God's word, so we know what God is like, that he's compassionate and forgiving, that he's gracious, that he's just. That means sin has to be paid for. And he was willing to die in our place so we don't have to pay for our sins. We need to know that. He corrects us, not because to make us miserable, not, to make us, not because he's mean, but he corrects us, he disciplines us because he loves us, because he wants to move us from unrighteousness to righteousness. He wants to move us from darkness to light. He wants to move us from who we are to his better. Christ-likeness. In the image, made again in the image of of God through the grace that comes through Jesus Christ. Belief in God and his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, channels my soul to begin to crave God's light. I'm drawn to the darkness, but it's like, if I can use the picture, God makes me, when I believe in him, a moth that's attracted to the light driven to follow the light of God. Remembering God's holiness leads me to worship him, to look at the trees or the ocean or the human body or all the gifts of people that he gives the world and lift them up and to praise him. Don't read or watch the news too much. You need to be informed. But don't forget to quit looking at the darkness and look to the light. We strain to see God when it seems so dark. So immerse yourselves in God's light to see more of God, to see his power, to remind yourself of his character, to read his word, to look at the heavens that declare his glory, to look at the people of God who are being changed and transformed by his grace and be amazed. Just say things like, holy is your name, Father, creator, God, maker of the spring flowers and the trees and the rainforest and all the amazing creatures. 
It'll make us better stewards of his creation. Yeah, we should really kind of be green because we're stewards of this world. We're caretakers of what God has made. And when we take care of his creation and his creatures and other human beings, we're actually giving God's name honor when we serve him that way. Holy is your name, Father God of compassion. You don't treat us as our sins deserve. May people hallow your name as we serve one another with patient grace and compassion and kindness, truthfulness. Holy is your name, Father, God of truth. May the words that I speak, yeah, in my home, build up, not tear down. I don't want to, I won't ask for a show of hands, but you don't ever speak unholy words in your home, do you? To the people you love? Wow. Lord, may my tongue begin to speak of your praises and to build others up in holiness instead of tearing down in anger and selfish sin. May my neighbors be drawn to your beauty because of the gracious way I speak to them when we disagree about politics or when their children irritate me or break the rules how I gently treat them and understand. May the people of the world glorify you and see your right ways because your people are living your way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God is holy and he deserves to be revered. And if we take time to set apart, time to worship God and to hollow his name, to remember who he is, God the Spirit will draw near to us. We'll begin to see the darkness that resides in our souls that we, don't, we overlook when we think about God's holiness. And we'll begin to move away from it by his strength and his grace. When we remember who God is and ask his name to be hallowed, we'll begin to speak differently to our neighbors and our workplaces. We'll be careful about what we text or post on Facebook or whatever place we like to do that stuff. I ask you this question before we remember the Lord Jesus Christ's death in communion today. What's your takeaway today? I hope there's something here. Will you pray in a fresh way, asking God's name to be hallowed today by what you do, by what you think, by the words you speak, by the actions you show to your family, to your friends, by the way you treat your enemies? Where would God desire you and me to bring light into the darkness? As we're preparing for communion, I encourage you to focus on a name of God that speaks of his great works to save us. I, I gave you some ideas in the board. Holy is your name. You're delivering God. Remember God's generosity and his patience to you, how he provides for you. Lamb of God, remembering Jesus' suffering for us, for our sins in our place. Faithful God, remembering his promises that he is keeping now. Risen Savior, remembering the power he has. Pick one, pick two, and concentrate on it as we worship and remember who Christ is. Let's pray together. Lord, you are holy. And I ask you today to remove the darkness 
that we're surrounded by, that covers your glory from our eyes, from our hearts, from us remembering you. Remove it so we walk in your ways of holiness. Lord God, we ask you today that we would hallow your name, that our lives would show off a little better how perfect and beautiful you are. Lord God, let it be so. Our Father, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Amen.